This is Hitting the Mark. Conversations with founders about the intersection of brand clarity and startup success. With your host, brand strategist and author, Fabian Geierhalter. Uh, I think that, you know, in the age of the internet and Instagram and, and all these other things is that people can construct something to look like something, but it is, but frankly, if it is not that something, it will be found out at some point. Um, so I think that integrity still is so important. Um, I think some people will be fooled, you know, some of the time, as they say, but I think ultimately the stuff that's really going to resonate is still going to come from, you know, it's going to come from someone's, you know, heart first and brain second, probably. Um, and, and I don't, you know, I've seen coffee brands come and go that were constructed simply on an economic model without any feeling. And they just, they faded away because there was something about them that didn't resonate. This was Doug Zell, founder and CEO of Intelligentsia Coffee, a brand that established itself as a leader in what came to be known as third wave coffee. Intelligentsia embodies quality and sophisticated design, but as it should be with all things we savor, it is about the overall impeccable brand experience that those of us who have either visited one of the 15 locations or purchased their coffee in stores nationwide have come to expect. Doug is a masterful brand builder, and despite us having some difficulties getting a clear audio from him, I urge you to listen to the full episode, as his insights from not only successfully building, but carefully expanding the Intelligentsia brand over the past 26 years is, just like the brand, rather illuminating. But before we dive in, I'd like to invite you to join a small group of brand strategists and entrepreneurs from across the globe who hop on monthly advisory calls with yours truly in order to keep the show they love advertising free. Head on over to patreon.com slash hitting the mark to join us. And now without further ado, over to my illuminating conversation with Doug. Welcome to the show, Doug. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's, it's, it's a tremendous pleasure having you on Hitting the Mark. I frequently visit your LA locations for its superb coffee, its wonderful interior design and vibe. And, and I'm just a huge fan of the overall brand experience, right? Um, that's, there's something that you created with the experience that is so special. Um, let's, let's go back in time for a second here. In 1995, you co-founded mm -hmm. Intelligentsia in Chicago. Um, and Correct. You turned into one of the key players in what came to be known as uh, third wave coffee, uh, which, of course, these days we're very, very aware of what that means. <laughs> um, your company got acquired by Pete's, uh, and I've been a huge fan of Pete's for all my life as well. Um, and today you have 15 coffee shop locations, two roasting facilities, and two training labs. Take us back mm -hmm. to 95 in Chicago. What made you open a coffee shop? Or what was even the coffee scene like at the time? I mean, was it, was it Starbucks only? Or, or take, us, take us back. Yeah, I think uh, 1995, I would say that you know, Chicago was the second market that Starbucks was into. And they were definitely gaining momentum. And I think that at that point in history, there really wasn't anyone... Uh, of note, roasting coffee in Chicago. Uh, having been a kid that grew up in, in Milwaukee and having friends in Chicago, you know, I had, had been out in, uh, and had one real job out of college and then was out in California. And uh, I had started a, a bottled ice tea company that for, uh, you know, went on for four years and, you know, it was a stevia sweetened iced tea and was way ahead of its time. And for, for a number of reasons, uh, we weren't successful with this, this bottled iced tea over the course of four years, and I went to go work in coffee, uh, you know, supposedly learning it from the ground up, interestingly enough, at Pete's, uh, and then another small roaster in the Bay Area, and realized that there wasn't this kind of coffee, essentially at that point, uh, that I perceived like competing with what Starbucks was doing. There were other, you know, there were independent coffee bars, but they were much more kind of like a show friends uh, of that ilk. So, you know, we saw Chicago with a, a large, you know, a large population, a uh, large city without anybody really meeting that need of, you know, fresh local coffee. And I think at that point, um, 
we really just saw it as a, as a, you know, as a coffee bar opportunity. And, and to say that we perceive there to be this, you know, third wave opportunity starting in 1995 would not be true. At that point, it was just this premise of fresh roasted coffee, uh, you know, roasted in store in Chicago and, and seeing where that went. You know, I, I'd love to tell you that we had some elaborate plan in 95 <laughs> for intelligentsia to become what it became. But a lot of those were just, you know, really the function of doing something well and intentionally. And, uh, you know, it's what we knew about coffee when we began and, and what eventually we knew uh, later and what we applied were, were very, very different things. So, you know, that was just honestly opening a, a, a humble coffee bar in 95 where we roasted our own coffee and, uh, and uh, you know, making sure that the design was beautiful, but, you know, given what we knew about design in 1995 at 29 years old. And, uh, you know, taking some of the best influences we had seen in the Bay Area and, you know, I guess applying them, although the weather is certainly different. Uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, providing as immersive a, as an experience as we understood it to be. And I think that that continuously evolved and became more focused and intentional. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it really evolved from there in terms of the design and sourcing and barista piece. And all of those things became incredibly, you know, you know, if you want to say influential, I think that's the piece that surprised us. And with, you know, the rise of the internet and, and, and the rise of, of the opportunity for like national visibility, all of those things changed. But the premise from the beginning was always to get all the pieces right and, and, and consider all the details. And that is the, you know, and then, and, and execute well, but over time from, you know, 1995, you know, over the course of the next 20 plus years, what, you know, fantastic immersive coffee meant continued to change. And actually it changed rapidly. I would say most rapidly as, as we went into, you know, into the 21st century, it sounds funny, but that's it really, a number of things coalesced uh, at the beginning, you know, in, around uh, you know, 2000 and actually 2001 and thereafter that really changed the course of, of, of what coffee and how we all perceive coffee now. And, and I think, you know, we can, we can take some credit for it. A lot of it was probably fortunate timing, um, hmm. but there was definitely an intentionality to what we're doing after we learned what it was we, we decided we wanted to chase after. Hmm. Super interesting, yeah, and and you and you and you touched on this a little bit um, that you know you did you did your best that you could back back at back in the day with with design, but I mean intelligentsia and design, I mean the two of them are synonymous, right? Um, you 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 have amazing packaging design, you've got beautiful interior designs. Um, back in '95, you you had a, you had a different logo. How long? After you launched, um, did you decide to rebrand, and and how much of an impact did you see it having on on the overall brand experience? Boy, I want to say that we 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 rebranded. I've got. Um, I think it was around probably two thousand and three. That we so it was quite a bit. It was it was like eight seven eight years um, after you after yeah. you had your initial shop. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So uh, I believe it was in the timing of our third shop, which would have been the Millennium Park location, which of course that park was not actually open at the turn of the millennium. So it was, it was shortly thereafter. And that was a big, you know, and, and it, that was a, a big move to rebrand. Uh, it's, it's charming to see the old, uh, you know, our, our original logo, because we still use it in some things and, and, it, and it has, uh, you know, a wonderful, uh, I don't know what the, what the right what right way to describe it is. Uh, it's got a retro you know, feel got, to it. <laughs> it's got a retro charm, yeah. like your your buddy did it on on you know on his first Macintosh or something. <laughs> yeah. So I think that there is, you know, it, 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 it's sweet and and, and old fashioned, which which I kind of like. But you know, those things are coming around. But I, I think that I remember receiving you know a heavy amount of criticism for considering changing our logo to the you know, to what you what you see now. And, Interesting. Uh, it, it turned out to be one of the best moves we ever made, but still, um, you know, uh, it, 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 I think this premise that change is the only thing that, that's constant is right. it, a good way to evolve one's business. Um, although I would say in, in, in hindsight, it does amaze me how long it takes for the public to realize 
that something's been changed and you know how long it takes for them to digest and embrace something. Absolutely. And then and then I mean the longevity of it too, right? I mean now now that new visual design of intelligentsia is so ingrained in everyone, right? And and it's so I mean it is so simple, right? I mean it, it's the wing logo, it's a single red star, and that just became your understated design, you know, for 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 such a long time. And and it kept working, right? I mean it's it's yeah. it's it's pretty amazing. And um you, you know, and, and I'm I I just wonder when you when you made that push, and I heard you speak about this in a, on a TEDx uh, talk about branding, when you made that push, you said, yeah, people weren't too happy because it takes them so long to just, you know, get get used to the old thing, right? Which has been around for six, seven right. years, right? But um with the new with the new brand, I mean, you know, a couple of years after you after you changed the brand and you became kind of what you are today from a brand perspective, um, did right. you, I mean, did did you did, can you put a finger on it and say, you know what, because of that rebrand, it it just totally helped. It it totally helped us on a lot of different different levels. Or how did you see the rebranding a couple of uh, a couple of years later? Like, did you see it as as making a huge impact on the brand? Well, I think so, and I also think realized too that the timing of that was uh, fairly consistent with when we began to dig into a lot of other things that became representative of the brand, including the work that we did at Source and this development of the whole direct trade model. And not only that, but the whole craft of the barista and how that was rising simultaneously. So to me, a lot of it was a, you know, a bit of, of good fortune that all these things were coming to a head at the same time. So you went from, you know, frankly, a brand, you know, the, the branding before, was, I know what the word I was looking for, was quaint. You know, it, again, it looked like, you know, a friend of yours did it. And, and, and it, became, um, it became something that was a bit more uh, considered and, and, and polished. and had more of a global you know, opportunity, if you will. And I think that, again, at the same time, we were, we were really digging into this premise of, of we really should source our coffees and work directly with the producers, which, which now, you know, um, which historically was incredibly novel, but is now the way that so many roasters of intelligentsia still smaller and larger have begun to do and, and really just developing this, this premise of a, a, a transparent, although a t overused word, uh, supply chain where the producers that actually produce the coffee are rewarded and not the, you know, the middle people. And I think that that, that was an interesting, uh, 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 development at that time. And then along with the whole piece of the barista and that becoming a more professionalized, frankly, professionalized profession where it wasn't just somebody kind of slopping together, you know, dark roasted espresso and milk, but somebody that really actually took a bit of pride in the craftsmanship of Pouring beautiful rosettes and pulling the shots perfectly, and knowing what a you know what a single origin coffee meant, and and understanding what you know diff the different cultivars are, and, and how coffee got around the world, and all those pieces. So I think that we were part of you know, and, and, and you know, and the causal relationship here is, is is always a good question, but just the elevation of what people were looking for in coffee. So I think that our brand was ascending at the same time, and. You know, I think if you ask many entrepreneurs, will say that, you know, they had a bit of good luck and, and I feel like we did as well. Uh, but when all those things coalesced, it became, you know, and frankly, with the rise of the internet, which makes me sound really old, but, but <laughs> all of those things descending simultaneously um, were a really, you know, a perfect storm in a good way uh, for, you know, for the, for the brand to be impactful beyond its, uh, you know, economic status, if you will. You right. Know, it, I, I think our brand was more impactful than our sales were at that point. So, um, uh, but, but, but because of the rise of all of those things, and I get, you know, and social media included, it, uh, the work that we were doing and the work of roasters that were somewhat like us doing, uh, it really spread out around the world in a way that, you know, frankly surprised me. Um, you know, because of social media and the internet, you know, somebody turning on a roaster in El Salvador, or Australia, or New Zealand, or China, or, you know, Thailand, um, you know, Turkey, fill in the blank. It could all be seen very quickly, and it could all be um, emulated very quickly. And I think that's the, the piece that made it so profound at that time. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think I think you, you you hit it, right? I mean, it, it, there, so much happened at that same 
time of the rebranding where the brand really started to come together and it and it had it had a deeper purpose right over time um and 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 you know now now intelligentsia's purpose if i take the statement uh, from the website is is not to make extraordinary coffee alone but it's to make extraordinary coffee an agent of change and so that yeah. i mean that is that that in itself changes changes the way that that, that a brand uh, a brand behaves and how people see the brand and for you in i mean i i know that i know that intelligentsia you know is it isn't is a change agent in in many ways but but in which ways in which ways for you like that statement that the purpose is to make extraordinary coffee an agent of change in in, in which ways do you make do you make that change well i think what's what's fascinating you know um because my you know my life if you want to say after intelligence, it has, has still involved coffee and it involved wine now and bicycles, you know, some other things that I love. And I found, found a couple of businesses that have, have to do with those things. And I think that the piece that is consistently interesting to me about coffee as an agent of change, it is this, it is this odd, in a good way, like social glue that, you know, I think a lot of us don't think about. But, but just once you say to someone, uh, like, let's go meet for a coffee. You, you know, and if someone says that to me, you're kind of like, ooh, that sounds good. Like, okay, so it'll be this social opportunity. I'll get to enjoy this beverage that I love that in a real meaningful way connects so many parts of the world uh, in a way that no other beverage does. Um, I mean, one could argue Besides wine. Besides wine. You could argue that wine does in a, in, in a, in, in a way. Um, but I think that or, or wine and beer, wine more so just because of the global supply yeah. chain piece. Um, but with coffee, you're not getting drunk, okay, yeah. so, or, or whatever. Um, and, 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 and it is, a, you know, it is a, it ha- you know, the psychoactive effects of alertness and whatnot. And, it's just, and, and to me, it's, you know, I, I honestly, every night before I go to bed, I, 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 I think, and think about how good that first cup of coffee is going to taste. You know? <laughs> and then that we share it as a social beverage. And I also think it's become an interesting vehicle for the story of, you know, frankly, of, of, of undervalued producers around the world of anything. You know, it, it tells the story perhaps as, as the best vehicle uh, of any other, you know, substance, if you will. You know, any other, I don't want to say commodity, but, you know, n- nobody's like, oh, you know, bananas, let's talk about that. I mean, you know, they do, but I'm suggesting that coffee has become elevated. And I think that, um, I, I think that the, 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 the opportunity that this movement in coffee with uh, transparent supply chain and, and rewarding the producers for their work and, and rewarding baristas for good work and elevating what the price is like and what the consumer is willing to pay um, mm-hmm. has done so much good around the world. Yes, there's still a long way to go. And yes, it can always be better. But essentially what one would pay for a cup of coffee, you know, in over the past decade has has gone up markedly. And what the producers, you know, the, the people that are working in the direct trade model, you know, uh, it, 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 you know it's not petroleum, but, but it still has, has had a meaningful impact on those places. So I think that it, it uh, as an agent of change, can look at the ways that it has done that, and it really has. It, it, you know, that baristas can, can make a living around the world and, 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 and have health insurance and have, you know, uh, retirement funding. and, and and that coffee has been a vehicle of something that was historically very low cost and low price to something that is now, you know, you know, I know when Intelligentsia first put out the $4 or $5 cup of coffee, people are like, that's crazy. <laughs> now that it's very common. In, in any third wave shop, your expectation is not that you're going to find something that's, you know, cheap. You want to find something that's good and well-sourced and well-roasted and prepared carefully. So it really has had an economic impact. And, you know, and maybe we'd still like to see more of that uh, from the producer to, you know, to the, to the roaster, to the folks that work in coffee. And it's, it's, you know, it's not perfect by any means, but that really has created some, you know, meaningful change. And I think that that's, that's exciting to see. And it's exciting to see that it's really been a movement uh, impacted by, you know, not large companies that were influential. Uh, that, that really caused it to happen. I, I, you know, I don't, I think that the, you know, the internet and social media has made it more possible for there to be an artisanal sneaker company, but I think coffee has really excelled in creating that, uh, 
that opportunity. Yeah, that is. I mean, that is that is so fascinating. That the, the story of how that how that came about, and I, I think I think people, the way that people enjoy coffee today is is so is so different because of companies right. like yours, right? I mean, it's and even if someone says back to your back to your idea from before, if someone says, "Hey, let's meet for a coffee," it says something to you, and and I would even take it further um, of you know like, uh, oh, where where do you want to have coffee? And and that says so much too, right? Like if it's in your home Correct. or if it's at a Starbucks. Bucks, you know, or if it's at like a local, right. you know, it's and, and then that enjoyment that you get out of not only the conversation but also the beverage, you know, along with it, it's, it's just, it's just about you know, and I think, I mean, that's like you said with the internet and then the next generations that 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 came, you know, over the last 20, 30 years, um, you know, the whole idea of experiences, right? It's all about brand experiences yeah. and experiencing life, and getting coffee became an experience. And it's Correct. funny because I'm 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 from Vienna. I'm from Austria, and I mean in Austria, back you know I mean at, at, at the turn of the century of, of you know the 1800s through 1900s. Um, I mean Vienna was the hotspot for those little cafes, you know where where right. all the literati came together. And it's so funny because that so reminded me of of how you guys came up with Intelligentsia as a name because the name itself means intellectuals or highly educated people as a group, especially when regarded as possessing culture and political influence. And so, right. so I mean, that name transports me immediately back to these little cafes in Paris or Vienna or, you know, like back in Europe. Um, where people where people went to 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 you know to to experience intellectual stimulus or some sort of stimulus, right? Right. Um, right. I mean, how did you guys come up with that name? I mean, it 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 seems like again going back to ninety five in, in in Chicago, it doesn't feel like that's the name that would be at the tip of your tongue. Well, I you know it's a, <laughs> it, <clears throat> it came out of a conversation back when I had this tea company and. You know, there were some guys that represented our key and that, you know, they talked about the Cuban intelligentsia and just, you know, people that were thought leaders. And I was like, oh, that's an interesting word. And I dug into it and I thought that, uh, you know, it, it, it had an interesting sound to it. I liked how it looked. And, I, I, you know, as you suggest, I liked the, the, this premise that, you know, coffee in the age that you were speaking of, where it was really like where people went to have, you know, thoughtful discourse. and. I think that the premise of intelligentsia has always been about illumination, whether it's, you know, you're having an interesting conversation, we're illuminating what coffee can be and, you know, what coffee can be in terms of what it's like in the cup, what the experience is like, and then what, what you know, what good and, and, and reverberation it can have. So uh, at first, I have to tell you that, you know, there was a lot of, you know, pushback from so many people about the name, but I realized that it's probably better to be a bit uh, divisive and just, you know, call it like Joe's Java Hut or something like that. <laughs> so I would rather have a name that you remember, although misspelled frequently, um, than one that's utterly forgettable and sounds like everything else. So, uh, but, but again, your, your point about what, what, what it was derivative of is exactly, is exactly what we were after, which is, it's a pl place of illumination where, you know, thoughtful conversations are had and not for the sake of feeling elitist, but frankly, for the, the sake of sort of sparking ideas and uh, development and opportunity and possibility. And, and I think that that, to me, that resonated with me personally to create something that was different than what existed before and, and pushed on, on, those, uh, on those ideas. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure with a name like that and with the crowd that you subsequently attracted, because that's the beauty with a name, right? You say, this is, this is who we are. Are you like that? And then it's like, yeah, I'm like that. Right. Right? It, it just, it just, you know, we're like, we're well, like, no, we to the... people, of course, people walk in and be like, if I drink this, will it make me smarter? Oh, and we had a lot of those. <laughs> not you, but other people. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's not quite, that's not quite who I was, who I was referring to. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I was more thinking, you know, it's like that, that idea that um you know i mean you look at you look at your your coffee places and you look at the people that uh that that, that frequent it and and that, that are mm -hmm. there and mm -hmm. it's a very 
it's a very, very specific audience. Um, and, and it's, and it's amazing because they seek each other. Right. And you feel right. like, and, and, and it's, and it doesn't matter where you pop up your shop, if it's at the High Line in New York, or if it's in Venice on the beach, or if it's in, 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 in Chicago right. during turbulent weather, weather, right? Like it's the right. same, it's the same crowd. And I, and I do believe, and that's because, you know, I drank the brand Kool-Aid for the last God knows, you know, two decades. Um, I, I do believe that, that these, these, these all of these decisions that you make from a brand level and of course how you run the company and your initiatives and all of that um i mean that's why there are those people right i mean there, there, there's i mean if you call it intelligentsia it's not it's not maybe subliminally you know it does something and people feel like they're drawn to it because it is not chava hut right and it already right, immediately right, right. feels interesting and you know having a name that is descriptive for a coffee place is just Silly. I mean, you need to. What is the coffee play? What is it about? Right. What's higher than that? Like, what is a what is an emotion that you feel? And and with intelligentsia, right. you know, you might not immediately get it, but you 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 feel something, right? Um, but right. now 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 back to back to flavor, right? Because flavor is everything with your coffees. Um, you know, I can absolutely right. attest to that. In in 2008, last night when I did some uh, some research, um, which is always the most you know the, the most fun thing you know prepping for prepping for you know meeting people like you on air um, to actually read deep into the history and and the Chicago Tribune said in 2008 and I'm going to quote it um, a decision to stop serving 20 ounce coffee and espresso beverages in stores was met with controversy. Cell started right. uh, stated that the proportions are altered at such large quantities and certain drinks become watered down, arguing that 20 ounce drinks end up masking and adulterating the pure intense flavors we work hard to source, roast, and produce. And then you said the following, and I love that. We don't want this to just be a caffeine delivery device. <laughs> and, right. and, and, and it's so, it's, I mean, it's so true and it's so brilliant, right? Um, and, and as an outsider looking in, watching the brand grow, Intelligentsia always had, it always had a purpose. It always had a vision, right? It, it, it knew its audience. It knew why people loved the brand. How did you... I mean, how did you derive that that vibe? Or how long was it into the formation of the company that you actually started to write down on paper, say, your values or mission to have all employees aligned around the brand for the audience, for, for, for you know people who frequent um, intelligentsia to understand yeah. what the brand means? How long did it did 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 that did you know? I mean, how did you do it? Was it just something that was? done over time and it was just the vibe that you created one shop at a time or was it something at some point you sat down and you're like okay we have this thing going on and it's only going to grow we need to really put it together right. and guidelines we need to write it down well i think i think that you know the guidelines continue to evolve right and i think that that's you know at that point in history um the whole 20 ounce thing you know like i said we we were we, you know we rose as starbucks was ascending as well so I think people thought you had to do whatever they did. And that's why the, you know, the 20 ounce existed because we were young in our whole trajectory and decided that, you know, we wanted to go with these menus that didn't have all the crazy choices that actually didn't end up with the, you know, a, a beverage that was of the highest quality and representative of the coffee. And I think that that, you know, those markers move around because what people are willing to accept in, in, at different times and different parts of their day and their lives and all those things, it's, it's constantly changing it. You know, I, even if you look at, you know, if you look at the, the arc of going from, from dark roast to lighter roast or from Pilsner to like incredibly hoppy beers back to Pilsner, right? It, it, the, the pendulum kind of swings. And I think it's, you know, one doesn't wish to be insensitive to that because I think that, you know, it, it really needs to be like the best quality it can be of that ilk. And, you know, I think if you watch the, 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 the TED Talk, it's this premise of, of, of being intentional about what you, what you hope to accomplish. Um, and, and, and making those moves unapologetically and understanding, you know, where you can meet your customer base and also, you know, being able to push and have them come along with you as well. And I think that's the piece that, uh, you know, we like to think we're, we're pretty good at. Uh, and that's the piece that can be compelling because stuff does change over time, you know, just like the, the cut of, you know, Levi's with their bell bottoms or bootleg or, or whatever it is, um, it moves around. And I think you don't want to just, you don't want to have your head in the sand. You know, and I would contend that there's, you know, coffee companies and, and breweries and winemakers that just, they think that wherever they're at now is the only way that it'll ever be. And that's just not true. You know, hmm. fashion changes, lifestyle change, 
so many things change all the time. And I think it's, it is being tuned into that, but the core value of about standing quality, you know, a word which is, again, kind of bandied about um, so much that it almost becomes meaningless. Uh, hmm. I think that companies know when they are making compromises. And I think that compromise is an act of choice. And it is not something we said we ever want to do. So, so when, when a decision is made, it's because we want it to be representative of our value. And I think that that's remained core to intelligentsia. And I think that, you know, there's companies of all sizes, you know, people say, well, when you grow, you know, don't you have to compromise this or that? And, and my answer is always no. You, you, that's a decision because you can put uh, the resources behind not having there be a compromise and decide that that's what you want to do. And then you can do it. Um, it you know, it requires investment of, of time and, and, and economic resources and, and, and effort. So, uh, you know, to answer your question, the premise has always been, you know, this premise of chasing perfection with the hope of never catching it because we <laughs> want to continuously make things better, right? And once you get to that precipice where you think you have this thing wired, it should go a little further up the road. And then you should say, oh, well, then we need to work on this. And then we need to work on that. Because ultimately, for whatever anybody, you know, at least in my experience, wants to tell you, I really think that the competition is, is yourself. You know, you know what it is you need to get better at. You know what your weaknesses are, I think, if you're, if you're running a, a great company. Um, and that's, the rest of it's going to happen anyway. You know, it's, it's not like you can have preventative measures from stopping your competitors, your so-called competitors, from doing their thing. So I think this premise of always competing with yourself to make it better um, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a really good starting point. Uh, you know, from, from, from you know, product to brand to company to design. And, and I think that continuously being innovative and clever, um, you know, the thing that requires the most of it is just sustained effort. And that's where, and execution. And that's where a lot of places just can't keep it going. And mm -hmm. you know, to me, that comes back to like, building a culture that values it, that values contribution and says, like, this isn't going to be easy, but this is what we do. Or, like, do you want to be part of it? Um, boy, I think I've lost that of the original question. No, it's um, totally no. This is uh, it's not about the question; it's about the answer. And uh, and I, I love I love where you, where you're going with that because you you went back into your into your TEDx talk a little bit, and you and you you know one of the big there, there were a couple of uh, key points. It was uh, just just for the audience. It was a TEDx talk uh, they can find online um, where you talk about what it takes to build a great brand and and how to stay relevant over time. And you give key examples of uh, of other companies, including your own. Um, and some of the points were conviction, quality, authenticity, and integrity. And then, uh, and then you know, you you also go on to talk about how you have to be always deliberate. And I, I think that's that that's that's what we were just talking about, right? You you have to make you you have to know who you are, who you want to be, and you have to keep pushing and keep innovating. Um, and 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 what I'm what I'm wondering though, I mean, that's you know, it's 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 twenty twenty thirteen. We're in twenty twenty one. Um, did did any right. of your any of your points change or or, do, or or would you even double down on any of them today and or, or has has brand building changed I mean obviously since you first started from 95 to now the way brands are being built you know online and you know from insta to right. TikTok and I mean you know in right. a way in right, a way right. in a way everything changed and in a way nothing changed at all um, and I'm wondering what, yeah. what you know what what your thoughts are of, of how you see what you see happening in, in you know in the world of branding because I know you're you're a brand fan also I know that you're you, you care you know right. not, not only about your own brand yeah. that's why you're so good at it well I think that you know what changes how people wish to consume coffee um, in that the whole like ready to drink and an iced coffee thing or cold coffee thing has blown up in a way that it hadn't before. Um, you know, consumption continues to rise, but people are, you know, they're, they want, they're wanting to find better coffee in more places or different places. And I think that that's great. You know, I think that if the premise is we continue to buy more and more good coffee and create more opportunity for the people that are producing good coffee, that's fantastic. Um, you know, realizing that the format, you know, it, it, it moves around. And I think it's, it's, to me, it's like the premise of doing it very, very well in the categories you choose to, to, to be involved in. And then also pushing those categories um, to be even better. You know, so, you know, we have all of these, you know, for whatever you want to call them, single serve, you know, whether it's, it's ready to drink or capsules or, or, or whatever it is. And I think that it's wonderful that 
we, you know, the world is trying to make each of those that much better. Um, mm -hmm. Do some of them face inherent challenges? For sure they do, but that doesn't mean they're not worth pursuing and trying to make better. Like, who would have thought that, you know, uh, I can tell you, you know, it would have been considered heresy in, in I don't know, 2005 to say, oh, we're going to have great instant coffee. But now such a thing exists and it's coming from a lot of small, you know, smaller, I'll put it both roasters. True. Um, yeah. And it's so much better and it's, it's really quite good. <laughs> and like, if I close my eyes and you said, what's this? You know, you know, I'm not going to argue that I am the supreme talent out there, but there's a lot of really good, um, you know, a lot of really good version of that being produced. Um, the thing that I, I think I grapple with the most, um, just as, you know, the, the world is consuming, you know, more and more organic products, more and more, you know, uh, artisanal, I'll put in quotes, products, you know, and, and, and what the world of perception looks like, uh, it's changed, and I, you know, and I get the influencer thing, and I get all those pieces, but, but I still think that, you know, if one is sitting down to create a brand that will last and resonate, um, and people love, it's really got to be, you know, you hear about this whole like push-pull premise, and I really think it's still got to be a brand that people fall in love with, that, that creates desire and gives people a reason to pick it up. Because just because it shows up on every shelf, if it is not well-conceived and it, it lacks heart and conscience, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm skeptical that it will last. And I still think the greatest things that, you know, the, the best day of your life or, 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 you know, the best night out of the town or the best meal you've ever had, there's still, a, it, it comes with discovery and something, finding something wonderful that is a bit different than what you expected. And, you know, and, and to me, those are the most compelling brands that have uh, the greatest runway, you know, that will keep giving and keep, where, where discovery remains constant, where, you know, it's like you open the door each time, like, whoa, I didn't know that this could happen or, or that they would be doing this. And, and that's, to me, those are the, the, the desirable brands. So I don't think that that really has changed. Uh, I think that, you know, in the age of the internet and Instagram and, and all these other things is that people can construct something to look like something, but it is, but frankly, if it is not that something, it will be found out at some point. Um, so I think that integrity still is so important. Um, I think some people will be fooled, you know, some of the time, as they said, <laughs> but I think ultimately the stuff that's really going to resonate is still going to come from, you know, it's going to come from someone's, you know, heart first and brain second, probably. Um, and, and I don't, you know, I've seen coffee brands come and go that were constructed simply on an economic model without any feeling. And they just, they faded away because they, you could, there was something about them that didn't resonate. You know, and I think there's been beer brands that were, you know, constructed and didn't work. So this, this premise of having integrity about what you do um, and constructing something that is, 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 is a desire and is, is to me an outcropping of something that has, you know, a human that has humanity and is creating something that is derivative of something they love. Um, I think it shows, you know, you know, one of the brands I talked about um, in that whole TED talk and still impresses the hell out of me. It's Patagonia. Like they live their values. You know, you, you see, yeah. you know, it's like buying up land for conservancy and like, well, any consumerism is really too much because we should recycle these jackets or we should make these more waterproof or more organic or more all, you know, we got to work on supply chain. It needs to be better. And all that stuff, you know, these brands that last, I think that that's what they do. Like, how do we make this better? Absolutely. So what the brand promises, the product has to deliver at some point. And that's the stuff, you know, I think it, you know, when, when cost, a, a bag of coffee went over $20, like this premise that like, oh, that's like ridiculous, you know, that's so expensive. <laughs> and now it's commonplace. Now it's like, you know, if you don't have one of those, like, what are you doing? And, uh, you know, so, so I think that uh, that whole piece is how much the, you know, the, the proverbial needle has been moved because people are, they're like, you know, it costs this much and I, I want to do something well. And I think, you know, you're also seeing it in, in terms of what is now out there, you know, for, if you want to call it fashion, just that, you know, somebody doesn't want just fancy couture for the sake of that. They want something that has integrity crafted by a, an artisan in I don't know, Los Angeles or Brooklyn or, or where, Detroit, wherever, pick a place now, right? Yeah. Um, but that has integrity and the stuff is well-made. And, I, and I, do see, 
I do see a tendency towards um, younger consumers because I have a, a 19-year-old daughter actually in college in Los Angeles. Um, they want stuff that they know it's provenance. They want stuff that they know humans were behind it and, and, and may be imperfect, but it's still lovely in, in that sort of way. And I see as those as, you know, those are the things that are going to, you know, ultimately resonate and, and, and win the day in terms of, of brand. And, you know, they want to be buying something from a company that has a conscience. Um, yeah. Yeah. So all of those things inform what the brand is and, and its worth. And I think that that's, yeah, that's what, that's what we're seeing. So to answer your question, it has changed, but to me, the core of what makes you fall in love with something and, and, and is lasting. And, you know, and, and there's been like retail coffee brands that have come up and, you know, I won't name any names. I walk in, I'm like, I don't really get this. Like, who, who is this appealing to and for how long? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing that is, is uh, one has to consider that. It, it, you don't want to just be flavor of the day. You want to be able to laugh and, and have something that, that is, you know, frankly, is lasting. That's the same itself, and, and, and that is true to the values it, that the brand supports. Well, and I think one thing um, that you that you added to to your list from your from your talk, you know, b- back in the day, is discovery. Even though that was something that that you've always worked on, because quite frankly, if you if you have if you have that drive to to keep pushing and to keep innovating and to keep doing new things, I mean, now we can just tell when and how often exactly a brand innovates or creates something new and when exactly a customer can actually discover something new within a brand because it's all on social right. media, right? I mean, we can Correct. we can literally Correct. go through the timeline and see, okay, what has this company been doing, right? Um, and right. I think so right. that, that the discovery is, is such a great element to add to it and, and double on the line because you can't, pee, you, you can't be stagnant, you can't be still, you, can't, you cannot stop, right? I mean, that you, you constantly have right. to already, once you launch something, you have to think about what will be the next thing right um and not to force it yeah. but but to but 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 to keep improving like you said and i like that idea of uh, the aspiring you know the aspiring perfectionist right because he can never get there i mean you you i mean you, you can right. only try if you're a true perfectionist <laughs> that's why you can never call yourself a perfectionist well, well and, and sometimes the stuff you're working on is, 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 is simple straightforward stuff which is you know comes down to, to you know perfect execution or excellent execution on on various things and that's you know, whether it's the hospitality part of it or, you know, your new point of sale system, all of that stuff informs the overall experience, you know, in the cafe. And, and it's all important. And I think that that's the piece that is, you know, if you want to say discovery, it's just like there are certain small things each day that, that you know, we're charmed by. And I think that that's really important. And that's a, a part of why people fall in love with, you know, their favorite cafe or restaurant or you know, or person or whatever it is. And to me that, you know, humanity, the discovery is like, to me, what it's like what gets you out of bed every day. And as long as it, as long as you can have that continuous feeling of being a kid and the world seems wide and wonderful and fascinating, um, you know, and if, if one can create a brand that gives a little bit of that, it, it really, it's impactful and lasting. Mm-hmm. No, I, I totally, I totally agree. Wonderfully, wonderfully said. Um, let, for, for a second, let's talk, let's talk about, uh, you know, what, what happened during COVID, right? I mean, your locations must have taken mm-hmm. a huge hit, like, like any retail location. Yep. Um, but obviously you sell, or maybe not obviously to everyone listening, but, uh, Intelligentsia sells beans online, you know, you have national right. grocery store distribution. I think lately right. you, you're also offering packaged cold coffee and oat lattes and, uh, you sell coffee right. subscriptions. So there's a lot, a lot of other stuff going on, but, but now that, now that things are slowly get, getting back to I guess a new normal um how did mm-hmm. how did you see your customers consumption habits change I mean was was there any was there any change that you saw before during COVID to now or you know like how yeah how, yeah no I think, yeah. I think you I think you you squarely nailed it which is it moved out of cafe and to you know online you know directly to the consumer and then also in, in, in grocery that that went up markedly you know went down at restaurants and other other coffee bars that we, we might have wholesale our coffee to, you know, and down in our own at our own cafes. But but uh, but now it's you know now our, our coffee bars are are beginning to return to to pre-COVID levels and, and all that. So it moved around, which you know demonstrates a, a level of loyalty, which is you know wonderful to see, um, just because it easily could have completely disappeared. So you know all uh, you know we, we certainly we, you know we had to close some cafes. 
for some period of time and some are still coming back online. Uh, but yeah, it, 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 essentially it moves. It, it moves, but, mm-hmm. but stayed with us, which is great. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. I, th- I don't think that consumption went down. I think that, you know, subscriptions went up. So it, and unfortunately, we were nimble enough to, to you know, I don't think instantaneously react, but react quickly and not have our head in the sand and, and, and push on those things that one needs to do for running a good business. Um, so, so one can, you know, stay around, um, you know, don't throw your hands up and say, oh gosh, what, what should we do now? Um, but, but, but getting on it. And I think that, 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 that was critical. But yeah, it, it, it just moved. And, and, you know, and then the customers that were, coffee bar customers are coming back, as you said, as COVID is waning or, 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 or however we interact with it is, is, is getting, we're, we're getting more comfortable with, you know, how, how we're going to deal with it. Uh, so, you know, I see that, uh, yeah, it's just, frankly, just moved around, which is nice. Yeah, um, yeah. Makes, makes yeah. tons, makes tons of sense. Um, one thing that I always, after we talked about the Intelligentsia brand uh, now for, for, for a good 40 plus minutes, um, if, you would, if you would take the entire brand, the, the ethos, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and, and you put it through, a, through, through I, guess, I guess I should use a coffee word, you put it through a filter <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and slowly drips down, um, you know, your, your, your brand essence, like really Intelligentsia in, in one or two words um, that really encompass the entire brand. What, what could mm-hmm. it be? I mean, you know, Everlane is radical transparency, right? Like, you, you know, like every brand feels like they stand for something and it's, it's rather easily described, right. um, but it's not an easy thing to do. <laughs> so I'm wondering right. what, what could that be for Intelligentsia? Well, and it's funny, it's been, it's been, a, you know, our tagline, honestly, I, I believe from the beginning, uh, it's illumination, hmm. you know, which, which, which to me is, is, is illuminating, you know, what coffee can be as a beverage, illuminating the supply chain, um, you know, illuminating, if you want to say, a brand experience. So just this idea that, you know, take, looking at something that can be so perceived as so simple as a, as, a, as a wonderful cup of coffee and illuminating everything that surrounds it. Um, you know, and if, if, you know, that work, you know, I don't say that works with the name, but, but really it's, it's always been about illuminating something I love uh, that, that has to do with, with the coffee. I, I love that, and it and it, and, it, and it so hand in hand works with your with your brand name too. I mean, it just it it, it feels it feels very successful. Imagine that. Imagine yeah, that, that how that works, right? Well, that's a good one. Illumination, <laughs> illumination is a lot. You know, it's, it's not distant from discovery, right? And I think that's why we're, yeah. you know, frankly, it's part of why we're alive. It's why we get, you know, it's why we wake up every morning. Like, what is it? What's new today that can be discovered and and, and can be illuminated? And I think, and I, I, I you know. I, it's a good way to live. I, I 110% uh, agree with you on that. Um, uh, what, what's next for the Intelligentsia brand? What, what are you excited uh, to see happen in the next, uh, in the next uh, six months or so that, uh, that you can talk about publicly, right? Because a lot of things are always hush-hush, right? Yeah, no, no, no. I think, I think, it's, I think it's some of the stuff I said. It's, you know, we're, we're, you know we, as, you, as you suggested, we just recently launched the, 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 um, you know, the ready-to-drink stuff, which took us a long time because yep. we wanted to get it right. And, you know, choosing is it like, do we use, you know, plant, plant-based, you know, enclosed milk? What, what do we do here? Um, I think it's all of those, uh, what's the right word? Um, yeah, just the different ways that coffee can be consumed. And I think that we are getting sharper and better at all of that. So there is, you know, there's a bit of the whole uh, technical testing and innovation there. And then I, and, and as I said before, I also think it's, it's, it's unlocking some of these new places where we may meet our potential customers. So between the, the development of, you know, I hate to use the word product because that sounds cool, but the development, <laughs> let's say the development of coffee and how people are consuming it, I think it's the continuous effort uh, in those realms. Uh, and then where is it that, you know, these things can be found? I think that's the, the stuff that I'm most excited about. It's starting to take hold. And, you know, the, the, the beauty for us uh, as a, you know, a roaster is that it really does allow us to do even more work with the coffee producers that we've, you know, we've built relationships with now since, you know, it, you know some of them, is, you know, I, I've just cracked 20 years of, of interaction. Um, so it, it, it's, continue, you know, it's been nice to be able to build these relationships in, in so many different places around the world that have been contiguous, continuous. And that we are able to reward the producers with better prices and, and really pushing on 
what coffee can be. So in many of those realms, you know, the, the different forms, we've really just begun. Uh, so I think that I say, you know, stay tuned for more interesting stuff in that regard. I'm excited about that. Um, that's probably the biggest thing because it's going to have the greatest impact. And I think we, we will continue to show up in more places. And I think that, you know, we'll continue to be influential. And I think that that's all of those, all of those, are, you know, are good things. Fantastic. Absolutely. Um, I, I guess, I guess, you know, for, for my international listeners, which are, which are a good amount, a good amount of the bunch, um, they can find Intelligentsia online at, uh, I guess, intelligentsia.com and all over social media to, to, to learn more about the brand. Correct. That's right. Yes, yes, yes. Perfect. Yeah. And, you know, I think that there, there may be some other international opportunities that we will push on. I think we just want to have clarity about, you know, as, as, uh, we want to be intentional about that as well. So, um, you know, there's still plenty of work here to do in, in, in North America, but I do think that that other opportunity, um, other places uh, with intentionality, we, we may begin showing up in those places as well. That's great. That is, see, that's how I get these things out of you. <laughs> now it's on the air. <laughs> well, I think, I think again, it, it really comes down to it's being intentional and being a, a thoughtful pursuit, not just, well, that seems like a good idea. You know, right, it's something right. that has to be considered and, and, and digested uh, appropriately so that we can give a level of attention, you know, and attention to detail uh, in that pursuit. Love it. Absolutely. Well, Doug, thank you so much for for spending uh, for spending an hour uh, with 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 us today. I, I so I so appreciate your 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 time and your insights. My pleasure. A true honor to have Doug on this show. You know, I, I spent I spent so many hours and hours in his uh, his coffee shops, and I got to witness uh, the impeccable coffee and design. And, and if you're ever in the U.S., or if you live here, make sure to check it out or just browse the site to get a feel for it. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I have the conversation, despite our audio issue. And if you have gained some wisdom, some knowledge, some insights, please subscribe, rate, and share the show. Hitting the Mark is produced by my consultancy, Finian, where we create clarity for brand transformations. This episode was edited as usual by the amazing Everett Barton, and the Hitting the Mark theme music was written and produced by the one and only Happiness One. I will see you next time when we once again will be Hitting the Mark.